0: That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you.
1: This episode is brought to you by DMV Black Restaurant Week. Bringing culture, education, and good food to eaters in the D.C., Maryland, and Virginia area.
2: Hello, hello, Heritage Radio Network listeners tuning in from 165 countries around the world, about a million listens a month. And today, I hope every single one of them is tuning into Tech Bytes, the weekly show on the Heritage Radio Network where we look at the intersection of food and technology. Today is September 18th, 2020, and we are recording this episode remote via Zencaster. Since episode 200, today we're on episode 2015. We've been recording remotely due to the global coronavirus pandemic. And it's been a really interesting summer season. And we're about going into our fall season now. We've been talking with people from around the world about how the pandemic has impacted their businesses, how they have done things to help communities, uh, sustain businesses, Uh, change them from restaurants to grocery box delivery, how some businesses have just exponentially accelerated um, with everybody's lives moving online. Digital food tech has never been more important. Today, we're doing a little bit of a back-to-school episode. If you are a regular listener of the show, you will recognize this voice. Today, we have with us Julia Alaju, who is the founder of a company called YS Cooks. If you want to follow along at home, you can find them at yscooks.com. And we had her on last year in September, episode number 186. It's a really interesting program, which... Um, you know, a year ago it was about having kids learn about nutrition online, sort of a virtual learning platform, which now seems to be almost one of the only learning platforms that we're talking about these days. Julia, thank you for coming back to talk with us.
3: Thank you so much for having me. It's great being uh, back on this um, wonderful show. Thank you so much.
2: Well, you know, given the um, success and failure rates of so many startups, it's always a pleasure to have people come back on when their startups have evolved and continued and are still around, especially yours, which is such an interesting idea. Um, But before we get to YS Cooks, tell me, um, how have you and your family been during this crazy past five months?
3: Yeah, we're uh, thankful to be um, safe and healthy. Uh, It's been it's been quite different. You know, um, when it started, when all this started in March, we just thought it's something that will happen in a few weeks and uh, we'll be back to life as usual. But um, things have played out a bit differently. But in everything, we're thankful that we have, um, we're safe and we are ha- um, we have our good health. So that's, um, that's something we're thankful for. Our kids, we've all, all been working remotely. The kids have been working, um, they've been, at home as well. So juggling work and um, homeschooling and, um, and just taking a day at a time. So, yeah.
2: <laughs> we always used to talk about app tech at the beginning of the show. And I'll ask you, uh, is there been a piece of technology, uh, digital technology that you have Uh, found to be really helpful during this time or that you've discovered something new or an old standby or what what have you been using these past few months?
3: Um, I think um, one tech that I've been using a lot has been Slack. Uh, It's just um, helps coordinate communication with teams so effectively. And uh, it's it's just one that stands out to me (laughs) readily because I, I use it quite a bit.
2: Well, that's great. That's actually that's also a new one. Most people have been talking about video uh, video phone call and video conferencing technology along with Instagram seem to be the winners so far okay. of the, okay. of the <laughs> pandemic. So Slack is good that seems like you're being um, in a more productive stay at home cuz Slack is typically for group productivity and communication. That's correct. <laughs> that's correct. So Julia first came on the show back, as I said, in September of 2019, and we did sort of a back-to-school episode then also. We had some young cooks on the show, which was a lot of fun because we don't often get to hear a kid's point of view. At that point in time, YS Cooks was in beta testing, and essentially the idea is you know, nutrition and health for kids in the US has long been something of focus and we have increasing we we have increasing obesity rates and, and health issues. Um You know, the health and welfare of our children has always been paramount, and I think it's never been more paramount than it is now. But the idea of YS Cooks was to turn nutrition and cooking and food education into a little bit of a game. So people, the kids would go to an online community, there would be... Able to upload photos of dishes that they were making, of foods that they liked, they could ask questions. And the more they engaged with the program in terms of learning and sharing and being curious, they acquired points and the points would result in prizes. And at that point, um, Julia, you were in beta testing with some of your local schools, the thought being that this would be a program that you would um hopefully run in tandem with local schools as a sort of at home after school supplement to things that they were doing while they were in school so why don't you take us through what happened um, for the 2019 school year and then um, how that how your beta testing went
3: yes thank you so much um yeah we're What actually happened with uh, beta testing was uh, it was a learning um, process for us. We learned what the kids uh, really um, like and how they Um, engage with our platform, the different ways in which they enjoyed uh, engaging with our platform. What we noticed is that the challenge was a winner with them. They love the competition, especially the boys. They love competing and they love winning. And it was a different way to motivate them to take action on what they're learning as well. It was a very effective way to communicate with them and also get them to um, take action. One of the parents actually told us that she's never seen our kids. That engaged and um, interested in creating nourishing meals. That sometimes they will finish breakfast and they will be rushing to the fridge, looking through to see what can we make for lunch that we can show off on Wise Cooks. So um, that was some of the feedback we uh, we got from from that. Of course, because the um, people engaged with the product very well, we had a temporary um, it was a prototype that we're using then. So we went ahead and built the actual product and um we once we while we're doing that we're also talking to schools and community leaders about, about um ys cooks there was a lot of interest with them of course things were a bit turned off a little in march when um school had to shut down a lot of changes happened and all so one of the things we did at that time was to en- keep engaging parents so we, we have. Um, uh, parents enrolling their kids in the program and um, engaging them. When things eased up a bit in around June, we went back to our conversations with um, not just schools alone this time. We're also talking with um, library community leaders in the library, like library directors, where we found a lot of interest. And they were even saying, oh, yeah, this will help a lot with our programming this will help um, this will help us a lot um, with a program for kids. So we thought of two different verticals at that point. We thought, okay, we could either stay with um, just the school program. Of course, the school was having issues with how oh, are we going to go back in the fall? Are we going back in person? Are, a lot of things were on, they were not sure about what was happening in the fall. So, but of course, now things are more stable in that regard. So libraries were um, were a very good. Um, they were very um, interested in what we're doing, and we started en- engaging them and bringing them on board. So we have a number of um, libraries on the East Coast that have already signed up to be part of um, y- um, YS Cook, a platform to bring their community to the platform. We had a few of them um, plan events with us over the summer for their communities, engaging them and educating them. They even want, Some of them even wanted customized programs for their community, helping to engage the kids to help them learn more about food their um, overall well being. We also expanded our collection because we saw the need even more. We saw the need for education. So it's not just about food um, um, food and health, knowing about how food impacts your body anymore. We now Took it a step further to explain the science of food. So, what is actually going on when you cons- when you eat a particular meal? What, what, what when it's broken down in your body? What happens? We also talk about food innovation for the next century. A lot of us grew up um, at a time where food was just um, the usual. Um, the usual thing that it's been for generations by that i mean when you talk about meat you think about going to a slaughterhouse and bring meat to the table but today food is been um, food innovation is taking food to a completely different level you think of plant-based meat you think about cultured meats cultured seafood these are things that kids should know about they should know about why are we innovating food how are we protecting the environment how, how are our actions affecting the environment what can we do to protect the environment so all those things are things that we saw a need for and we started creating resources for kids on our platform so it's not kind of like going beyond just engaging um, the kids alone it's not becoming a digital resource for them to go to a place for them to go to um, learn about food they learn about food safety and uh, learn about um, foodborne diseases what they can do to protect themselves from um, from um, all these uh, foodborne diseases and waterborne diseases as well. So it's pretty much a lot of resources coming together, coming to coming together on one platform.
2: So has it been challenging um, since March to engage um, parents and kids on the platform? I'm curious to know if. When, and you're primarily let's you're primarily focusing on elementary school,
3: and middle school as well.
2: Uh, elementary school and middle school. So my you're question right. to you is, was there uh, was it challenging to have kids and their parents spend time with the Ys Cooks platform um, from March onward when school transformed into an online platform? Did it? kind of seamlessly integrate into the online learning environment was it too much to still be online and they wanted to get away from it was it something where I know you have recipes and people are cooking together and it's an opportunity also for families to cook together to make meals so did it become a part of you know lunchtime or dinner time, or what was the what was the change because school became you know a time at home on computers
3: Okay. Yeah. Sure. So for us, um, the the challenge um, wasn't um, was more of rolling out with the uh, schools when COVID hit. Um, working with schools and getting to integrate with uh, schools was a bit of a challenge because they were in transition. But in terms of parents, we we saw more response from parents who are looking for ways to engage their kids because what happened in March was that a lot of parents. Um, found themselves at home 24-7 and kids at home 24-7 and they were looking for ways to um, just kind of like unwind and we had a number of um, events um, in April and May that we we saw a lot of um, responses with parents on on by this by events I'm referring to virtual virtual they're all virtual cooking events um, that p- parents really responded to and um um, because a lot of them want to do something meaningful with their kids, create bonds, and, and engage with them, so it was it was great. It was absolutely great. Um, we we didn't um, we didn't see uh, them back down. We saw them. We saw more uh, people engage with us um, as a result. And going forward, actually, we see we see this um, we see this scaling in this in the sense that a lot of parents will be at home till at least January of next year with their kids, um, as most schools will be remote in the fall. So um, one of the key things that comes with that is um, some of them are still looking for different ways to engage their kids. So we, we're planning some of the programming to engage parents as well, so that when they come in, when the kids come in, they form um, they, they can create memories together while learning. So we're not just focused on, on um, we're not, we're not trying to focus on just the kids um, well, even though the material we have on our platform is focused on it's, uh, it's meant for that, that age group but it's something that uh, it will be meaningful to parents as well because they will create a wonderful uh, bond with their kids while um, creating those delicacies that we have on the platform.
2: Well, it, it sounds in many ways that this is coming along at, at really the right time. We've been reading and talking so much about people being at home um, and just generally as a trend, cooking at home, reconnecting with food, discovering recipes, everyone's baking, um, you know, becoming a little more uh, creative if you have limited ingredients and things like that. So is this... Um, why cooks obviously started you know prior to the pandemic do you, do you find uh, yourself surprised at all at how well suited this program is for this point in time
3: um yeah well in, initially when it all started um we, we of course nobody emphasized something like this would ever ever happen um, but yes one of the um, biggest surprises was more of seeing how well it just um, fitted into what's happening people look for virtual learning resources we, we just wrapped up our development at the time actually and we're like wow, it was just at the right time and um, and being able to engage um, those kids when they needed the most was um, absolutely priceless.
2: So what are your what do your plans look like now for going back to school for the fall?
3: Yeah, so uh, we're excited about um, Back to School. And um, a lot of schools have things figured out now in terms of what's the next step. At least they they have things figured out for the fall. And um, we're excited to start working with um, some of the school leaders to see how we can align our resources to their educational uh, needs as well. Because like I mentioned earlier on, we've gone beyond um just engaging the kids in, in a gamified way um, to handpoints and which is which was how we started endpoints by participating and all and um, and um, and share your creativity on the platform we've we've um, created a very robust um, digital uh, resource base and we have a a number of experts that have um, partnered with us to even take this further. So one of the key things we uh, we are committed to is working with educators to educate the next generation. And by educating the next generation, we're not even limiting it to just food and health. We want them to have a a clear understanding of the um, importance of food to to their overall wellbeing and also to the importance of food to the environment. So what is the toll of our activities on the environment? What can we do to protect the environment? And how are people innovating food to support the environment that, um, that we live in? So those are some of the things where um, we're heading to the platform. We have a wide array of um, subjects and um, topics around food that we are teaching the kids and we want to align with their educators as well to ensure that the next generation is very informed and um, they will grow up to be be responsible um, people that will even take food innovation to the next level. So, yeah.
2: Taking food innovation to the next level, starting starting with elementary school, sounds like such a great idea. We are going to take a quick break right now to find out who the underwriter is who is helping Heritage Radio Network go to the next level. Did you know that we're a 501c3 nonprofit and we keep the lights on and the mics hot entirely out of the generosity of members, many of whom are listeners like you, grants, and underwriters like this one? Stay with us.
1: This episode is brought to you by DMV Black Restaurant Week, bringing together Black restaurant owners in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia area with a mission to keep Black food culture alive. But DMV Black Restaurant Week is not just about a week. It's about making an impact in the community all year round. By advocating for local Black-owned restaurants, DMV Black Restaurant Week aims to use food as a force for good. In 2020, they're planning signature programming like the Business of Food and Education Conference, cocktail competition, and more. Learn more about how DMV Black Restaurant Week is promoting culture, education, and good food at dmvbrw.com.
2: Well, if you're just joining us and you're wondering what the hell you clicked on, this is Tech Bites, the weekly show on the Heritage Radio Network where we talk to innovators and influencers in the food tech space. And today we are talking with Julia Alaju, who is the founder of a company called YS Cooks. You can find them online at yscooks.com and on social media at yscooks on Instagram and Facebook. It's a really fascinating platform that we heard from at first last year on episode 186 in September. They were in beta testing at the time. Now they are full-blown, launched product in the world. And it's interesting in that this unforeseeable, extraordinary circumstance of a global pandemic has really dovetailed with uh, the Y.S. Cook's idea of creating a digital platform for kids and their families to spend time cooking together, learning about food together. Julia, how much of what your program is doing now, what YS Cooks is today, how much of that was already on a roadmap for your company's growth? And how much of it is new pivoting as a result of the current global situation?
3: Interestingly, we've not had to um, pivot um, because of the pandemic, um, the model in terms of um, reaching out to parents, uh, getting parents involved, was the only thing that was not part of our initial roadmap. But um, the content, the expansion, the um, having having more digital resources available to um, educate the kids, as something had been something that we had in the plans, in the works for when we started out. Uh, the goal was to be. Um, an educational uh, platform where kids can come and learn about food. And, and also um, one of our main goals was um, eventually to see how this plays out with tackling the problem we're facing in our community today. So according to CDC, one in five children, uh, in America is considered obese. And if we want to tackle this problem of obesity, we need to do a lot of things and do it differently. So one of the key things is educating kids about food uh, in very simple way and um, engaging them and um, rewarding them as well, because any action you reward will, is encouraged. So those are some of the things that we had in, in the plan from the get-go, and those are some of the core things that we've maintained over time. Some things have changed, some things like um, Reaching out to libraries—that wasn't in the plan originally—but uh, it was something that came up when we, when um, the pandemic um, started, we started thinking of programming that would be beneficial to the library because a lot of libraries were closed and they couldn't offer the programming they normally would in person. So we started thinking: since we are online, we were online already before all this started. So we thought, let's engage them and let's see how we can. Uh, bring our resource to them and that was exactly what we did so some of those things were not in the works originally but it came, came um, Andy uh, when COVID um, hit, hit um, the, the world so th- that's the only tweak that we made um, in terms of how we reach out to people and we even saw even another opportunity there because a lot of them we spoke with a number of library directors that were really, really interested in what we're offering so yes um, that's That would be the only thing I can mention at this point uh, that was different from what we planned originally.
2: That's interesting. Libraries are often a part of schools, but also, you know, separately a part of communities. I'm a huge fan of the New York public library system. You know, being a New Yorker, I live in a tiny little apartment and I love books and I love reading on paper But at some point, you just run out of space.
3: Right. So, uh,
2: what I started to do a few years ago is I stopped physically buying books, and I would make a donation to the library and um, just get my books, you know, on the loan like everything else. And I I really rediscovered all of the different things that were happening in terms of you know classes and education and the kids' programs, um, you know. And even now, um, online digital lending and video streaming and things like that, they're, you know, libraries are wonderful and they're such a critical part of the community that we don't often think about. I would be curious to know if the engagement and the the types of, you know, comments or photos or things, the content that you had uh, kids on the platform sharing with YS cooks, did you see any kind of change in the content that they were making, or is it has it been pretty much the same? Are they uploading more? I'm participating more? Is is it less? Is it
3: so just yeah, the same, so, or right? So one of the key things we've um, noticed is number one in terms of what they share that has um, that has not changed. The type of the pretty much share uh, food pictures and from a few kids that shared. Um, pictures of themselves um, not themselves but their farms producing tomatoes and things like that that was um, that was the only um, that, that was the only one that was non-food no, sorry non-cooked food but all pretty much they share cooked food and what they're having and and sometimes share the snacks they're having so um, but in terms of frequency of um, sharing so it depends on the challenge so we have challenge. We run the challenge from time to time. There was a time we were running the challenge every month, but we spaced it out now. So we have um, we have uh, the challenge running in um, six weeks blocks. So we have a fourteen week challenge, and then we have a break between it, and then we have another. So if we want um, a higher frequency, that would also be the case. So we run the we run the challenge um, at that frequency now. And or as we get into more things that's had value to them. So one of the key things that we're introducing is what we call the digital box, where every week we'll, we'll, they'll get a, um, every other week they'll get um, an email from us, um, which will have we we want to have themed content that is rolling out in September. Themed content. So if this week we're talking about food safety we'll talk about it from different angles. What is what is food safety? Why should you care? Then we'll go on, we'll break it down a bit more, and we go into um, the different um, sources of foodborne diseases. And uh, we talk about the, what is causing it, how people play a role in it. And we just kind of like go down the entire um, uh, stream and educate them from basic to um, a- advanced. No, Not too advanced, but for that age-appropriate um, education, they will get that in the mail. Then we will give them a little puzzle as well with that. And that would they will play with their parents and. Um around how they can keep themselves safe in their kitchen and then they will share that with us they would in in the digital box they have a simple snack recipe that is nourishing and tasty that they can create for that weekend and share with their parents as well because our mission is changing to focus more on connecting families together not just um, we want to educate them but we also want to help them create a bond with their parents come together have fun together learn together because kids are home with their parents longer now than usual and it's a very good opportunity to create a bond together by doing fun things uh, that they will enjoy and another thing is if parents get into the habit of creating nourishing meals with their kids whatever we are teaching them will, will will have a lasting impact because it's going beyond just this kids' learning is going beyond the parents also seeing the benefits of what the kids are learning as well, and that will create a long-lasting change. I hope it's not just to uh, create change um, with the kids as well. We want to see that um, change uh, going to the environment, the community, and um, and impact more people um, more people than just the people that interact with us. We want them to become change agents to um, impact people around them as well. So that is our goal, and um, that's some of the things changes we're making um, to ensure that we can execute on on those um, goals and objectives as well.
2: Well, certainly food safety and where our food comes from, and the environmental impact of where our food comes from. These are all things that are in the headlines almost every day uh, in the news and have become, you know, sort of really uh, critical and paramount in a way that they have never been before. Do you find that parents are, do these messages resonate more with parents now uh, as a way to sort of bridge maybe a conversation gap between, you know, something like environmental issues with, you know, small kids or food safety with kids as a as a framework to talk about things that maybe might not be so easy to discuss with like a seven-year-old without it be seeing, seeming, you know, to be like a doomsday kind of
3: thing. <laughs> yes. And you know, the interesting I mean, I, thing. yeah, I, 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 I absolutely, uh, see your point. One of the key things we see with, with parents, um, love the, love the, um, the idea, um, and, um, One of the key things I've seen with things like this is how. How do you present the material? So you might be presenting um, a material on something fun, but if you present in a very boring way, you turn the kids off. But um, if you're presenting something that is um, complicated or maybe not the most exciting topic, but you present it very engaging and exciting way, kids will want to learn about it. I remember getting a document that was prepared by uh, a nutritionist on, on the on gut health and it had so many colorful images and it it had um, it had um, superheroes so and it had villains uh, so it, she did it in such an engaging way that you will almost forget we're talking about gut health so she was mm-hmm. saying that you know in your in your tummy she actually used a tummy and she she said your tummy you have some bacteria there millions of them Some of them are superheroes. Some of them are good
2: bacteria, evil bacteria. bacteria. Yes.
3: (laughs) And she, she, it was really beautiful. And one of my boys saw it. I was like, wow, I love this. So you're talking about something that could be complex and um, that could be maybe boring, but you're saying in a very simple way, the kids can relate with superheroes. They can relate with when you say it's good for you. So when you eat this type of food, you are promoting this, Good bacteria, they can relate with that because they see superheroes every day and they all want to become superheroes. So, knowing that they have a choice and their choice affects the number of superheroes they have within them, it's exciting to them. So, everything boils down to how you communicate this facts with the kids the topic might not be the most exciting topic but if it's well communicated it becomes really exciting they don't just learn about it they talk about it they talk to their friends about it they talk to everyone about it so the goal is to um, make um, education um, make, make nutrition education something exciting something fun but that's not the only thing one thing we found out is when you talk about healthy food some people tune off Because they think when you talk about healthy food, you're talking about tasteless food. You're talking about um, 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 not your favorite food. Yes, but it's (laughs) not the case at all. It's pretty much saying, how can I make this um, food? How can I make this food that I really enjoy even more nourishing and, and tastier? So, for instance, I remember one of the kids shared a picture of pizza and said, you know, I like pizza, but how can I make it better for me? And somebody said, why don't you add less cheese? Why don't you use um, this kind of, um, 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 what's it called? Why don't you use kind of toppings? And people started talking and the conversation thread grew from that because everybody loves pizza. So it's not saying don't eat um, this, don't eat what you love. It's saying, how can you make food? How can you make food work for you? Because the truth is, if you load up on some food types, if you load up, load up on some things, it's not beneficial to you. And on the long run, sometimes you don't see the effect in a year, in two years. But if you continue eating that way, over a prolonged period of time, you will feel the impact and it won't be pleasant. So what changes can you make now? And also helping you to discover some very, very tasty very tasty meals that are also nourishing an example they had um, they had popsicles they made popsicle that we had one of the cooking um, sh- um, shows we had in May they made um, popsicles pops oh no sorry pizza they made um, frozen pizza it's on real pizza They they used yogurt strawberry and I think it's coconut, um, shredded coconut. They um, so a sweet pizza.
2: a sweet dessert pizza that exactly. looks like pizza, but yes, it it's like, like, like a frozen it, dessert treat thing. That sounds yes, fun. It's a
3: treat, yeah. It's a mm-hmm. treat. It's a frozen treat, and it's and they call it um, fruit uh, fruity or fruity pizza, or something like that. It's very, it's it's very. Um, it was it was a big win with the kids because it's something they can easily relate with, and it was really tasty. But at the same time, it's nourishing for them. So. Having those kind of discovery moments, thinking, oh, wow, I had no idea that could be that nice. Oh, I had no idea that could be that good. So a combination of many things here. Number one is discovering nourishing and tasty, nourishing and tasty meals, and also learning about food in a way that is engaging, in a way that is practical, in a way that uh, creates lasting impact, not only in the kid's life, but also in the community that they live as well. So that um, that is what we are about.
2: So, what do your plan? What do the plans for Wise Cooks look like coming into this fall, um, where many school systems are getting ready to? Some are getting ready to go back to school. Some are looking at hybrid models. Some in school. Some at home. Some are starting the school year um, again, uh, learning from home. What? How, how do? How do your plans for YS Cooks fit into that?
3: So, yeah, one of the um, things we're looking to do is continue working with um, reaching out to as many educators as possible to see uh, different ways where we can align what we're doing with what they uh, are doing. Uh, A lot of the educators we've um, spoken with, one of the biggest things they've told us is the content. They need more content. They want to talk about it, but, you know, they need more content. So that's one of the um, things we want to help them with bringing experts together to give them the content they need to educate the kids on things that are so important. But we take the burden of them. We'll take care of um, of um, the educational piece. They, they bring the kids. We just partner with them to educate the kids. That's number one. Number two is we want to still continue um, working with um, local libraries as well because there's some kids that do not go to regular schools. They, they school at home. Uh, by schooling at home, I mean the, the conventional homeschooling that we know before COVID. So uh, we want to be able to reach those kids as well. And the, one of the things that the library does um, um, effectively is helping with that as well. So if we miss any of the kids well, by um, while we align with the um, schools, we can still capture them in other ways um, to local libraries. So those are the main things we have on our list going into the fall. Um, How to reach to um, communities and creating impact in those communities, and by aligning our our mission with those of um, the local communities. So that's that's where we are.
2: What have been some of the top uh, requests and you know feedback comments that you've gotten from parents who have been using the program these past few months?
3: Um, a lot of them like the cooking shows. <laughs> a lot of them, we've had a number of requests for that, and that's one of the reasons why we plan to have. Um, we want to plans to host that more often because the kids love it. So um, the parents love it, the kids love it. So we want to um, roll that out more. And the interesting thing is the librarians love it as well. So we actually have one personal librarian that said, "Oh, can you do um, X, Y, Z? She gave us specific um, stuff that she wants us to to do for our specific community. recipes
2: and... or foodstuffs? Uh, yeah,
3: specific, mm-hmm. yeah, specific food types and for specific um um, she actually requested plant-based um, um, cooking shows, plant uh, focused on this mm-hmm. type of diet and she had specific requests, and it was quite <laughs> interesting to see how she was so intense on, on on that. But yeah, so we want to we want to step up on that because we know they like it, and we believe um, it's it's um, meaningful to them. So we want to do more of those, and um, going into the fall as well, um, we want to um, explore. Having our, our challenge uh, aligned with each of our shows, so once we end the show, we have a challenge that goes after that, and then we'll take a break from that next show, and then we kind of like continue that cycle. So it it doesn't stop with learning those things. Try your hands on it, and um, and um, share what you've learned. So that is um, that is how we're planning to go about it.
2: Well, aside from the library piece, which is really an interesting one and makes so much sense, what's been the biggest surprise for you? Over this period of time, I mean, everything is so surprising, obviously, to just find ourselves in this situation right now, in this this life. But what what has been the biggest surprise to you? Um, I mean, as an entrepreneur and as a business owner, especially in the food tech space, I mean, typically you just spend a lot of time with your head down, working and building the next iteration and the next thing and the next thing. Um, Has this been very different from that? Is it just the old entrepreneur kind of grind in terms of, you know, building your business?
3: You know, um, the past few months have been quite interesting and it's very heartbreaking to see how this pandemic has um, impacted so many um, so many uh, businesses and so many people, you know, when you're in the food tech space, I've been in the food tech space for a while. So, you know, so many people, you know, um, businesses that you always bump into each other at events, you know, their CEOs, you know, and hearing one after the other, people going under and things like that. It's very heartbreaking, very, very heartbreaking. And, uh, and one of the key things you think about is what can you do to help? And that's, one thing um, that that has for me that's you know it's sometimes you feel like oh um something like this happened nobody no one could have predicted no one could have expected it and we felt the pinch too because as you know um i I was on your show um two was it two years ago Uh, a year ago last year um may to talk about distro food summit and we've hosted summits for the past four years but last year we um, this year we had to cancel and I know a number of people that were uh, impacted by um, COVID in different ways so when you think about all those things you um, one of the key things you want to also think of is how can I what can I do differently that will help people that are struggling now so that is one thing we're also um, looking into um, for for the food community in terms of writing and um, helping to support other people. That We have a number of people that um, share with us what they're doing. We also share with our followers. We share with our network. Any way we can support um, companies that are trying to stay on their feet right now, we we also um, we do that. But that's that's been the biggest pain of this all, watch people that have almost become like family to you, because you see them almost all the time, you brainstorm together and see all their hard work go down the drain. It's, it's been very difficult for me to just process.
2: That is definitely something I think that we are all grappling with, um, not just for the people around us, but when we turn on the news and, you know, look at the headlines. I will say that, you know, your, your platform is, is such an interesting one. And You know, we've had many uh, episodes of Tech Bites where we've talked to different people in various areas of the food world. You know, I don't wonder if YS Cooks would be a a good partnership with um, some of the digital cooking platforms that some chefs and restaurant people have started, or some of the uh, food bank and and community food kitchen programs where, you know, they're distributing, you know, groceries and pantry things to people, and maybe pairing that up with, you know, a platform that helps people you know learn how to cook people have been so focused on cooking and certainly we've been seeing so many articles about you know things to cook cooking as a family and teaching kids to cook right now is also just seems like a great idea and 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 it's something that we're not seeing quite as much of i think in the mainstream media um I would ask you um, just out of curiosity and also in case anyone is listening who um, might have some resources or some ideas, what types of things are you looking for as an entrepreneur to grow YS Cooks to the next stage? What types of resources and partnerships are you looking for going into you know, the next school year to expand your platform?
3: sure so um we're looking for a number of things number one is we want to partner with um, organizations whose mission is aligned with ours. so there's some organizations that do um uh, believe and invest in um, kids overall well-being that they want to partner with any organization that is um, doing the same and um, support their 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 endeavor we will want to speak with them and see how we can um, We can work together to um, accomplish our objectives. Another group that we're really interested in, as I mentioned earlier on, are the schools. We want to talk to as many principals as possible. And um, um, if you're a principal or you're a school superintendent and you're listening, you can reach out to us. Um, I can be reached at julia.b at yscook.com. We are happy to speak with as many of them as possible. Also, we, we want to uh, we're open to um, working with um, institutions that uh, that take care of kids but they're not the conventional they're not the conventional um, the conventional school system as we know it uh, we have um, we have different um, structured programs that are outside of the regular school system they are private schools as well We want to reach out to as many of them as possible. And um, because, of course, most of the schools we're reaching out to are in the public school system, uh, public school district right now. But I'm also aware that there are a lot of other institutions that are different and um, still educate kids, but they're not just part of the mainstream um, educational system that we know. We we hope to reach out to those ones as well and um, talk to them. So three main um, groups there um, that we hope we can connect with in the coming months.
2: Well, it sounds like you have created really the, the right platform at the right time. And, you know, there is a lot of, of, of growth and investment happening in in the food tech space. So, I mean... It's a great opportunity to uh, create something that families can do together that's helpful not just in the short term but also in the long term and, and also maybe gives uh, people a vehicle and a way to talk about some of these really um, almost distressing headlines that we see about the food chain and where our food comes from and and the environment sort of creating a, a, a new uh, dialogue that, we can have with people that's not distressing but really is you know educational and engaging um, if you would like to find out more about YS Cooks visit them online yscooks.com you can follow them on social media at YS Cooks if you want to listen to the first episode back in September 2019 that's episode 186 of Tech Bites. It seems like such an eternity ago, a whole other (laughs) lifetime. We sat in the studio at Roberta's Pizza in Bushwick, Brooklyn, and we actually ate pizza during the episode. I remember it was so exciting.
3: (laughs) With the kids. With
2: actual kids, which was great. Um, Julia, I want to thank you for coming back on the show and um, sharing what's been happening. Uh, We wish you really continued success and hope you and your family have a great uh, school year. Thank you. Would like to thank all of our listeners for staying with us and the amazing Heritage Radio Network staff who has been keeping us going all these months, recording remotely from points afar, keeping social media, even creating some new programming. Come and visit us at heritageradionetwork.org. We have some new things happening. We have timely episodes. We're tackling big stories, big food questions. Um, important things and also you know just sharing some things that are like nice and friendly and fun and and maybe put a smile on your face if you really want to make sure that these stories stay with us click the beating heart and make a donation become a member if you designate your donation to Tech Bytes, I will send you a gift along with my undying love I'm Jennifer Liuzzi and this is Tech Bytes. Tech Bytes is powered by Simplecast. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. For our freshest content and to learn more about our 10-year anniversary celebration happening all year long, subscribe to our newsletter. Just enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org.